Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I do want to talk about these road signs in uh, in my home county, actually in County Donegal, that were, well, we call it what they are, like they were vandalised um, in recent days. And you've got the, the road signs with the Irish and the English version of the town names. And of course, the English version has been um, kind of scrawled out and spray paint put over it. And it's all been done in support of the Irish language. Um, but what's quite interesting about this is that one local councillor is in support of it and says that Irish is used by our councils, local authorities, the government, merely as a gesture, that it's done in a kind of a patronising way and it never gets the first place that it deserves. And I suppose that's the point we wanted to talk about today. Is that a sort of a common sentiment around Ireland? 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch with us. Owen is with us on the line, though, in Dublin. Um, Owen, would you agree with that? Like, do you think, is the, you know, the use of Irish and road signs, is it tokenistic? Well, I wouldn't say it's tokenistic. I mean, it's it's the. I mean, we have two official languages in the state, and you know, both of them go on the signs, and that's the way it is. But I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think in the sense that the, that the councillor is speaking about. I'm not sure which councillor that was, but um, talking about the, the you know the fact of there being a lot of kind of lip service. I think from um, I would say mainly from the government and from the state. Uh, really, I think that that is true. Um, I think there are huge numbers of people that lots of really great organisations, community groups doing lots of work to kind of uh, to, uh, promote the language and to facilitate people using the language. Um, but they're not really getting the kind of support that they would need from government and from the state. So, what more could be done? Do you think? Well, I, I think there's lots of different uh, areas. I mean, there's um, there's a really dire need for Wales um, um you know, across the country. Um, I, I also think that facilitating ad- adults learning the language uh, would be a really big help. I, I, I talk to a lot of people who, um, you know, express their regret of not, you know, not speaking it or not having the kind of the opportunity to speak mm. it. And I think that that could be encouraged. And as well as that, I think in the Gaelic areas, um, uh, I think uh, it, it particularly, I mean, my, my own father's from from Connemara, from the West Ireland. Um, it, it's an area that's been really decimated by immigration, by lack of kind of investment and um and, and even then you know the investment that that has been you know a lot of like you know privatization and natural natural resources and that kind of thing um uh, so you know where whereas we see a lot of lot more people speaking it in the cities uh, because of kind of lack of economic opportunities and that kind of thing in the old kind of Gothos regions uh, there are probably less less young people speaking yeah. it uh, than before I know, and I, I do appreciate it's it's part of a much, uh, you know, a wider discussion. Like if you don't have a lot of young people living in a rural area, then you don't have, you know, you're, you're not going to have young people for down the line to speak the language. And, and I and I get that point. But like, there's an interesting text in here actually owned from a listener who says, I'm an Irish speaker, just back from weeks holidays in the Gale talked with my family. I didn't speak a word of Irish while I was there because I didn't know who was able to speak Irish in the shops and the restaurants. And I didn't want to embarrass people by speaking Irish to non-Irish speakers. But how can this be solved? It's such a shame and a lost opportunity for me, my family and possibly the wider community who would have heard Irish spoken in a very natural setting. Uh, yeah, it's, not, it's a difficult one, really. And uh, um, I think... Um my kind of go-to is when I'm in the Gretel is to try and try and speak Irish to whoever, and it's an easy switch, you know. Um, 
uh, you know, if they don't speak it, then you just switch to English, you know. Um, it, it, you know, I think um, I just kind of think of that as, as as the default when I'm when I'm in the Gretel. But it it has definitely become, you know, less and less um, easy to to do that or to continue on the conversation in, in Irish because it, it, I think that there's less less people um, speaking it. Uh, but again, I, I think you know some of it. Comes from the top, really, and comes from you know a lack of kind of resourcing and that kind of thing. Um, that if you have communities that, as you said, that are kind of struggling, you know, um, there's all that that whole old kind of measure of whether a, mm. a town can hold a, a can can field a, a football team yeah. or, or that kind of thing. Uh, and when you see it going that way. Um, you know, it's not, it's not a very good sign, and and it's a sign. I think that that there's, you know, and there are things that could be done. You know, there's, um, and that could actually kind of address a lot of the other issues that we have okay. uh, in in the country. You know, like you know, jobs in green energy, for example, biodiversity, marine biodiversity, all these kinds of things, protection of kind of natural 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 resources. Uh, there's kind of some work kind of done, uh, being done on this, but it's nowhere near really what what uh, what could be done, yeah. and it could okay. actually revitalise kind of. Um, as well. Stay with us, Owen, if you don't mind, because I just want to bring in Jamie as well, who wants to join the conversation. Jamie, you are in Dingle, I believe. Um, do you think that we show kind of lip service to the Irish language? Well, I think, um, I just to reiterate what Owen said there, I think there's certain aspects of it that we do. And then there's also a lot of, I suppose, progress being made over the last 20 years. But I still think there's not enough support being given. Um, as Owen mentioned there, especially in the Gaelic-speaking areas, I guess with a lot of young people moving out to the Gaelic-speaking areas, it means that there's less possibility for Irish to be used as much there. But I think there has been resources put in place, like the Irish language officers who are supporting um, the local businesses and who are trying to revive it in the Gaelic-speaking areas. Um, but I do think no, more support needs to be given by the government. Um, Owen also mentioned there regarding the Gaelskulna and the Skulna Longaga, mm. and I think there's just a dire need for more support to be put in place for them to be implemented across the whole country because, I mean, that's where we're going to foster that love for an interest for the Irish language and culture and heritage and um, from the beginning me being a primary school teacher I've seen it um, from the from the bottom up and I think that's where the support needs okay. to be put in place definitely. There's an interesting text in here Jamie from a listener who says Gale Skulls now cannot get teachers of other subjects who speak Irish. Is that so? Like have you encountered that? Well I suppose I, I'm a primary school teacher um, and we have to teach all subjects to Irish but I guess there is that added challenge where and maybe the teachers are, um, I suppose, the, the training's not there for them to do a full course all through Irish um, in the universities around Ireland. And that goes back again to the supports that are being put in place for courses to, for um, when you finish secondary school, for example, in a grade school, that you can't go on and do a course all through Irish and there's limited availability around the whole country. So that all goes back to the, to the top again with the lack of resources being given, yeah. I, I think. Um, 53106 is the number if you want to, to get in touch with us here in the programme. Stay with us as well, Jamie and Owen. Shiva's on the line. Um, Shiva, do you think we hear enough Irish language just been used in coffee shops and restaurants daily? Yeah, well, I think it depends on who you're talking to, Andrea, really. Like, I think some people may have um, an impression, maybe don't have the right impression of the Irish language and the current status of the Irish language in, in the country at the moment. You know, like I work within the Irish language community and um, I work through Irish, I socialise through Irish, I 
um, converse with my family through Irish. I consume Irish language media, whether it's online or on television. And like, I think it's all about working towards normalizing the language. Once you're engaged with the community, you realize how vibrant and how used it is on an everyday basis. And we're not just talking about the really rich Gaeltic areas. We're talking about all over the whole country. And I would always encourage people to start using their Gurmogwids and all this kind of stuff on the bus, in the coffee shop. Um, But I don't think people realize how much it is being used on a daily basis for so many people in the country already. What about this texter? And I, I don't know what your view, well, I can imagine what your view is on this, who, who says, says it's a dead language and we already waste far too much money on it. Well, that's someone who was obviously not engaging with the community is what I would say. Because like I said, like how can it be in any way dead if we're using it? Like I have so many colleagues who work nine to five through the Irish language. Our Zooms are in Irish. Our emails are through Irish. I would argue that that's very much an alive language. But look, we just announced that we're going to be at a lecture picnic this year with the Gwelted Campsite. Yeah, our registration is through the roof. TG Carrier yesterday just announced their really progressive autumn schedule. Um, I don't see any way that it's declining there. I mean, that's just continuing to move forward and just becoming even more lively. Do you find that much own? Like, is that is that a widely held view, just total, you know, dead language, too much money wasted? Uh, I mean, that's, I, that, to me, that's just base ignorance, to be honest. Um, I didn't speak any English until I was about three or four. Um, I, you know, I, it's, it's uh, like I don't know what I was speaking uh, if I was <laughs> if it's a dead language um, and uh, I, you know fortunately I think that we don't really find that much of a uh, an attitude I, 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 maybe there's a bit of kind of uh, a post-colonial kind of a, a mindset that there some sort of kind of uh, but um, yeah like it's a bit sad to hear but luckily enough I don't hear very much of it um, I think most people are pretty positive I hear a lot of people who of express a bit of regret that they don't speak it, and actually that's where I think we should try and facilitate those speaking. You know, you know, those people speaking what they know and and trying to learn a bit more and, and help them along with that and encourage encourage it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think most people are uh, you know either neutral or positive at least. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, on the topic of the um, the, the signs. The, the place names been, you know, like spray painted in, in parts of Donegal and hasn't just happened on one occasion and it's all in support, seemingly, of the Irish language. I mean, like, I imagine, Shiva, that that's something that you, you know, you, you, you wouldn't be in favour of. Of uh, spray painting road signs? I mean, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't take a can in my hand myself. No, I'm messing. Um, I don't know. I don't think that vandalization is, is the answer, but I do think we need to show way more respect to our first language. Like, it's in our constitution as the first national language, and I think that um, it, that, that needs to be shown more. What about you, Owen? Do you? What's your view on that? Um, I mean, I, look, I, mean, I, I think... Um, I think the best way to try and, and change things. I mean, I don't know where this person's coming from, but uh, you know, they're you know probably maybe frustrated or whatever with uh, the way things are going. But I, th- I think that kind of uh, that kind of uh, individual kind of level action probably isn't uh, well. Maybe I mean, I suppose it has provoked a conversation, but I do think that the um, the um, the best way really is for for people to organise themselves, people in the community themselves to organise themselves, and actually try and fight for. 
for change and for better resources and so on. And, and you know, there's a, there's a great history of, of this happening in, with um, Catechy Fields and McGuire, uh, you know, back in the kind of say, late 60s, 70s, uh, organising for, you know, and, and actually making some serious gains for the language. I think my, we might be in that kind of a situation again, really, where people have to start standing up for themselves and organising themselves. And we see it as well in the north and in, in, um, within John Darrock, who've made, uh, who've really been uh, that kind of collective action, really organising themselves, getting out in the streets uh, and fighting for their language rights. I think that, that those would be the kind of tactics and the strategies that I would uh, right. support. Uh, stay with us. Richard is, is joining us in the line as well. Um, Richard, you've been listening to, to Owen and, and Jamie and Shiva there. What's your view on this? Um, OK, well, firstly, so I'm obviously an English speaker from originally from England uh, with Irish parents. And as a kid growing up in Coventry, a lot of people were trying to get us to talk Irish, but I never kind of saw the sense of it because, to me, cult- cultures move on. Culture just changes, and, and Irish, the Irish language is, has changed. More people speak Irish. I just don't know why we're kind of fighting that. It, you know, c- culture moves on. I think if we want to keep culture, we should let people study it like French or German, an optional thing. You study it, you know, and, and do it that way because we're fighting against the kind of, I think, just a, 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 a natural shift in, in people's language. English has moved on. You know, you read Dickens books from, you know, 100 years ago. It's a different language we speak today. I just think you need to treat it like a cultural shift, not, not be too upset that it's changing and just deal with it as a, as a, a specialist, you know, a, a speciality almost. OK. What about that, Shiva? Things just move on. I would agree that, yeah, things do change and language changes and language is always progressing. That's why the Irish language has added so many new words to its dictionaries in for, for years now. You know, it's a very progressive language and we add new vocabulary to it the whole time to keep up with current affairs and to keep up with today's world. So I agree, yes, it, things do need to evolve and we are evolving. Do you think it's evolving enough, Richard? I I, I I don't I speak Irish, so it's it. hard for me to kind of say that. But the thing is this, is why why devote time to evolving that when we could be teaching kids German or French or Chinese or, you know, something that would be more appropriate, if you like, to a global economy and and let people who want to study it as a, as a kind of cultural thing um, study it to, to their heart's content. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's still a minority language in, in, in many regards. So it developing, it's still going to it's going to develop it to a, to a very specialist core of people. It's never going to become the dominant language again. So, you know, to me, it just it's, it's kind of sad. But that's, right. that's what happens in cultures. Things change. You know, we, we, we progress. Anne is on the line as well. Anne, where do you stand on this? Where do I stand on that? You would speak to a Welsh person and say, oh, listen, just give up Welsh because it's a secondary language. Or, or Gaelic up in, in Scotland. So I don't see what his argument there is. You know, it's died out for a reason. We all know the reason. So, you know, can we just try and put a bit of effort into sorting it out? What do you think could that be done, Anne? Um, well, I think you could subsidise classes for people who really do think they missed a lot out when they were at school. Yeah. And try and sort of encourage that. As I said in my text message, when I moved back to Donegal, I could find Italian, but I couldn't get an Irish class. So, you know, and I'm in Donegal, so you think but, you could get it here, you could get it anywhere. You'd imagine it would be fairly yeah, accessible. readily available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So surely that proves the point, guys, isn't it? That, that, you know, that there aren't any language teachers that you can find Italian, because, that, mm. because the Italian is a language, it's modern, people want to learn it. 
lots of Italian speakers. I mean, I, I, I sound like I'm being anti-Irish. I'm not. I promise you. I just, it's just <laughs> that for me, it's something that people would pick to do because of that kind of cultural association. It really, why, why try to make it into, you know, the, the, the de facto kind of language when we've got English, which is, which is becoming, you know, dominant worldwide? I mean, this is... Uh... Can, can you mind if I respond to that? Yeah. Owen, Look, I you? mean, yeah, it is me. I mean, first of all, nobody is uh, trying to make it the first language. I think everybody kind of recognizes that English is going to be the dominant uh, language. That's the straw man, first of all. But, um, like, uh, you know, I think we, first of all, in general, we should defend minority languages. Uh, I think that they give us an insight into different ways of looking at the world. I think. There's, um, you know, kinds of uh, deep, kind of deep kinds of perspectives, and um, there's history involved in in any kind of a minority language um, that I think should be protected, and it should be um, protected particularly against, you know, it, given the history that we have here of, uh, you know, an anti-imperialist uh, history and you know an anti-colonialist history that you know this, this, the language was there was an attempt essentially to. Um, to crush the language, and it was, you know, quite successful. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I think we should we, try, we should try and push uh, back against that. Um, and I don't actually think that it, it, you know, it's it's any, you know, it's not really a big deal for. I'm not sure if, if I caught because it was Richard, Richard, um, um, but you yeah. know, like if you don't want to speak it, you know, you know, you know how to speak yeah. it. Uh, you learn it in school or whatever for. Uh, some years or whatever, but the same same way as you do with English and maths, you know. And um, you know, I don't think it's uh, like I, I think just to kind of say, oh well, that, this is the way the world is going. Um, just forget about it, unless you wanted to to um, study it as, as some sort of kind of historic artifact. I think that's nonsense. I think there's a vibrant kind of community using the language every day, working through the working in the language, speaking to each other, communicating with each other. Um, building a, a culture and a living culture, not just a kind of a, an artifact. Uh, that's what's happening kind of today, and I think we should foster that and we should uh, uh, we should support it as much as we can. Okay, some of the other texts just on this to give other listeners a, a say on this as well. Um, this listener says the Irish language is our national language; we should keep it. It is our heritage. Erin and Galway says I think the Irish language is past um, the sell-by date. I'd like to see a referendum. On whether or not, um, on whether to be put out about the whether the constitution should remove the requirement for Irish, uh, is the suggestion from Aaron in Galway. Uh, another texter says the Irish road signs are completely tokenistic. It's actually confusing for tourists and a waste of resources. And this texter and Jamie, if you're still with us, because I, I know you are a teacher, um, this listener says the vast majority go through all of national, national and secondary school and end up not being able to speak Irish. The current education system has failed the language and tried to make Irish an academic subject and not a cultural one. To most school children, Irish is a chore. Simplify the system of education, stop forcing ridiculous grammar down kids' throats. What's your view on that, Jimmy? Um, well, I suppose I, I wouldn't agree with that because I think in, over the last um, number of years, I guess the way that I teach Irish and the way that we're being, um, I suppose, trained to teach Irish is in far more of an incorporating the culture and the heritage and all to do with the Irish language outside of just as that um, texture mentioned being as grammar forcing down. Do you know, I think that there's been a lot of developments in the way the methods that we're using in primary schools um, at the moment is far better. And I think that kids are getting more of a fostered, um, I suppose, approach to promoting the Irish language but the culture and the heritage as well outside of just learning the grammar um, so I wouldn't really agree with that 
Like, I'm sorry, you know, in a way it's it's actually kind of embarrassing because I've come through national and secondary school and I would describe my Irish as actually being quite poor. I would say my German is better. And, like, and, I, and I would admit, I think there's something wrong with that. So it must have been how I, I learned or was taught Irish in school, I think. Maybe maybe it just wasn't my my top subject. But like, I, I do wonder about the way that we learn Irish in school. I would, yeah, I would, okay. I would, sorry, Jamie. Go on ahead, Shiva. No, work away, Shiva, you're okay. <laughs> so I work with Cutter Gwaelga and we have sent proposals on, we have a campaign called Gwaelga for All, where we are suggesting reform of the Irish language within the education system. I mean, I think Jamie and Owen would probably agree with me here. If we had a euro for how many times someone had said to me, it's the way it's taught, we'd be very rich and probably wouldn't be doing a radio yeah. interview at lunchtime. Um, but we, we have conferred with professionals and how the best way would be to teach the language. Um, it would be a, co- a, a comprehensive, cohesive plan from preschool all the way up to university level that would enable people to have, obviously, be able to be fully fluent in a holding conversation and then that there would be the option once you get to secondary school that there would be a literature option. So it would be like an added subject as well as the, the language mm. as a written and spoken subject. Oh, don't get um, me wrong. So, I, I I wish, like, just in a personal perspective, I I wish mine was better, you know. But I, I suppose, like, probably uh, at this stage, I, maybe I could work harder at trying to improve it. But uh, but maybe that'll be a topic for for another day for sure. We'll have to leave it there for the moment, though. Shiva, Jamie, Owen, thanks a million as well to Anne and Richard for for getting in touch with us with your views here in the program. The number uh, to get in touch on the text line today it's five three one zero six. We are going to be talking though about reaching those milestones and well, lifetime regrets. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.